it's hard for a good man to be king. My name is Matthew Kroll. And imagine a little kid like me from Oakland believing in fairy tales. My name is Shahir Dowd. Don't scare me like that, colonizer. <laughs> what? Stephen Van Patten in the building. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this surprise, is the surprise, only surprise. podcast about movies, specifically the film Marvel's The Black Panther. Yeah, it's not the title. That's every I want to say it like that because it's so funny how I've noticed this press cycle. They make it a damn point. Marvel's the Black they Panther. They keep saying Marvel's the Black Panther. I'm like, you're not saying Marvel's Thor Ragnarok. And you're not saying Marvel's Thor the Dark World. It's also it's not the, is it? It's not a, it's not the Black Panther. No, it's Black Panther. Yeah, it's just Black Panther. SVP, what up, buddy? Uh, hi, fellas. Uh, nice to be here in uh, beautiful uh, Astoria, Queens. That is right. You 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 took the the long ass trek from Brooklyn, and we appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, and we even let you have a quote at the beginning. You're the only guest to have done you're that. You're the which- only guest to Am have I? ever yeah. had a quote wow i think maybe i mean how many times you've been on you've been on a few times now so. i think no, you just once for we just once yeah oh is it just the one time yeah, I feel like, well, well we used to do we used to be on matt's podcast together occasionally so i feel like there's more there's a little bit of backstory no, we, have a, we have we, a history we have definitely. a history yeah uh which is going to get tested today i'm sure well, if we're testing something of Marvel ilk, I felt it was only, uh, in, you know, just it was very important to get someone who has been uh, a, a cohort of mine in, in the love of all of these things since since forever. Uh, SVP, you uh, and I, we talked about this before the recording. You are my longest term friend in New Ever? York City. Ever? In New York that? City. <laughs> We've known each other for 11 years. 11, 12 Something Ish, like that. Something like that. And so then the origin story of Matt Kroll, the as soon as you landed in New York, as soon as you got off the bus, you know, with the Midnight Cowboy theme song playing in the background. Right, 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 right. right. SVP was the first person you met at New York Port Authority. SVP <laughs> was the first person that I met uh, <laughs> that I sort of still stay in contact with, I feel like, at MTV. Okay. Uh, we yeah. worked together on TRL. He was stage managing uh, that and, and new stuff and whatnot. And I was a lowly intern yeah. that the um, that he and the uh, the good um, ladies and gentlemen of the of the studio adopted. And I was peeing down there for a while when they were doing a lot of live yes, stuff. Yes, you were. And, uh, and and in full cycle, TRL has come back, and you're still <laughs> you're still at MTV. And we're still. Well, I yeah. And um, I'm not. Yeah. 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 Um, I am not. Oh, but, good for you. Yeah. Made it out. You, you've escaped. <laughs> um, but yeah, SVP, uh, you uh, not only are one of my uh, best New York friends, but also you are a horror writer. You are yes, uh, a television uh, stage director, and you also uh, host your own podcast called Beef, Wine, and Shenanigans. That still, is correct. Still a great title. Yeah. Still makes me want beef, wine, and maybe some shenanigans every time yeah, I hear it. I feel it. like you you would like the... you. I would like the beef and wine, maybe not the shenanigans. You're like, I don't maybe know. Not the shen- yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on his mood. Yeah. But, but you've been... Uh, you've been... Uh, you and I have been... Uh, uh, of the same sort of ilk of sort of entertainment and sort of bonded over that over the course of the years. Well, yes, it definitely. Well, let's clarify. It did start with alcohol. Of course. Oh, of course. Okay. We started used to, with alcohol yes. and it just kind of built from there. Started it was with like, a kiss. Yeah. Like, wow, we have, we like a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. We'd go drinking <laughs> after, after TRL. And then we'd be like, oh, shit, like you saw this random ass obscure thing about like DC nonsense or like whatever the hell's going on. And then it just sort of it sort of went from there. Snowballed from there. And you were you were a, you were a large part of Same Night Move Review back with me and Steven Buja of Oscar Watch Podcast did that. I was because I was in a terrible relationship and then you guys kept calling and wanting to put me in skits. And I was like, OK, uh, lady, I probably shouldn't have moved in with. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I'm going to go do a comedy skit. And- yeah. Yeah, and then that started happening. 
uh, yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time with you guys, well, actually. And that was sort of um, why I wanted uh, you to come on in particular for... I just feel like the for any Marvel property, and this one in particular, because I know you and I have talked a lot about of... Actually, there was a comic. There was a Comic Con video that you and I did back in the day when you yes. were talking about how it was so different coming up. Um, you know, with involvement in all of these nerdy things, uh, be from all different aspects, and how you always felt like you were a bit of an outlier in in that regard. Hundred percent, absolutely. And, and now we've come full circle. It almost feels like, at least in this small pocket of entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, it, for this one moment, and it's just like it's fucking cool as shit. And I wanted you. Well, I wanted yeah, you. You know, <clears throat> look, nothing is going to make anything sexier than having a movie about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was going to say it's no longer a small pocket of entertainment. No, either. no, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it is interesting to watch this evolution and to watch people suddenly like run up to you saying, Oh my God, did you know this is happening? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Do you I've know known for Mal thirty years. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, it is also interesting uh, watching uh, uh, people who've never done cosplay before all of a sudden interested in cosplay, mm -hmm. but from a black, from a very specific Black Panther uh, standpoint, right? Which is, uh, you know, probably going to um, put me in a different kind of kind of an outlying thing because this Halloween I'm still going to rock my Doctor Strange costume yeah, and I'm going to end up at parties where I'm going to be with 90 Black Panthers yeah. and I'm just going to be like aren't you hot in that thing? And, <laughs> and that's you know kind of going to be how I'm going to play my Halloween. Okay. Hey, listen, uh, A, your Doctor Strange is on point. Thank you. B, if they give you shit, just start throwing some I have a motto uh, at them, and then maybe they can go back in time and learn a thing or two. Yeah, well, there's uh, that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know. I was super psyched that you could you made it all the way out here to discuss uh, this newest uh, Marvel film with Speaking us. of which, yeah, I, wanted to, to I wanted to jump into some tweets that we've been receiving. Actually, there was an interesting Twitter thread that I saw uh, this week uh, speaking directly about uh, uh, white people wearing Black Panther costumes. When, really? Yeah, whether that was going to be the new version of blackface, and I and I think they they eventually landed on no, it's it's cool. You know, people, white people can wear Black Panther costumes. How do you guys feel about that? It was a thing on Twitter that I kind of stumbled I, upon. It was a rabbit hole that I thought was kind of interesting. I have no I have no argument about it one way or the other, but I was kind of curious what you guys thought about that. Okay, well, <laughs> being the duly appointed representative, <laughs> um, I'll take it from this point. Look, the costume. Is fine. Now, if you start putting on blackface, blackface <laughs> yeah. under the costume, we Would, have an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you might actually need real claws to get home. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I'm just I'm just putting that out in general. Uh, you know, it. The thing about Marvel superheroes is they're symbols, mm -hmm. right? So, just like I'm not uncomfortable wearing a Doctor Strange costume mm -hmm. because I think I can pull that off and it's fine. Anybody that thinks that they can pull off a Black Panther costume, you know, that's fine as long as it's not as long as you're not mocking the symbolism. Right. I right. think you're fine. It'll it'll be an interesting one though, I think, because because <clears throat> and I think this will be something we talk about during this episode, is that Black Panther's blackness is inherent to his costume. It's inherent to the Black Panther identity is his blackness. It's, you know, like we don't have white Iron Man. We don't have, you know. Um, we do. It's just not in the title. Yeah, exactly. But Black Panther is very distinctly 
Black yeah. Panther. So I think there's an interesting, I you look again, I think these conversations are, are sort of just a fun thing to discuss and it's a fun yeah, way yeah. to kind of, and, and the, the, the Halloween costume issue becomes interesting every year because people want to talk about it. It's not life or death, but it's no. interesting. I think I, just coming from your, your, your very generic straight cis white dude costume <laughs> Halloween perspective, yes. I wouldn't do it. Right. Because you would think about it, right? Would, you would, you would you would be consider you would consider no no no. I'm not saying you'd think about doing it. You'd consider the implications of doing. It. Yeah, the, the the okay. So Black Panther just uh, and even this is beyond the film is not a character that I um I like the character a lot, but it's not one that like I relate to on a very incredibly personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, that sort of takes characters, no matter who they are, out of the running for me to sort of dress up as, unless it's like a co- sort of one-off thing. But Halloween, I try to, I don't know, I try to. The do reason the I think this would be interesting as well is that if you re- recall our Wonder Woman episode, yes. um, our guest was you know used to dress up as Wonder Bethany Woman. Towns. Bethany Towns was mm. on, and she mm-hmm. you know used to dress up as Wonder Woman all the time until someone pointed out to her that Wonder Woman wasn't black, and and you know like that was a real like moment for her. And I think what's going to be great this year is you're going to have a lot of young little African American kids walking around with a costume that they can fully own. Yes, and I think that's going to be amazing. Yes. And 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 it's the same with Wonder. You know when Wonder Woman came out as a movie movie you can have a lot of young girls dress up as wonder woman yes. and it's a costume they can fully own and i'll even go a step further i don't know if this is uh correct or not but just i guess it's just sort of my opinion i think any kid should be able to dress up as anything they want for halloween it's when you get it's when you get to a point where you can start thinking about implications and how your specific choice of dress will affect people positively negatively however you want to do it and then you sort of get to that point of like self-reflection like why am i doing this is it important that i'm doing this do i feel important enough to do this Mm. like that's where you should start questioning things you choose whereas if if your if your son wanted to dress up as Black Panther, I don't think that's a problem. No, I don't. I, you know? I, I, I think any kid should be able. To, but it's just you know like that that there's that interesting dynamic about what is inherent in Black Panther versus mm-hmm. what is inherent in Doctor Strange or Iron Man or what is implicit within Iron, <laughs> Iron Man. And this comes back to that uh, we had that great episode uh, that I love doing the uh, Can Batman Be Black episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of those issues are, are brought into this. At any rate. Whatever we talk about with regards to Black Panther, I think um, there was this great video of this uh, school that just learned that they were all going to go to Black Panther, and they all started jumping up on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you can find it, see I it. Saw it's, it. It's amazing. It was, it's, it was it's, it's incredible. There's another video right now of um, a town in Africa that uh, that saw, that went to a Black Panther screening, and afterwards everyone was dancing in the mm-hmm. in the aisles afterwards, and it was kind of amazing. And so everything we're about to discuss is moot given that you know people are responding to this film it was the same with the wonder woman episode you know like regardless of what we thought about the film um there's no denying the power of what this film represents to people and it's just the fact that it exists it's big it's out on the big screen people are you know it's making a lot of money it's very visible it creates this sort of atmosphere of pride it creates this atmosphere of like inclusion it's a really it's a really it's a feel-good moment it's a yeah it's an important moment yes it's an important good moment it's it's a moment of pride it's uh it's in and having literally just watched it a couple of hours ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Alamo Draft House. So yeah. I'm I'm fresh off the uh, the you're, plane. You're fresh from Wakanda. Fresh from Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. uh, <clears throat> I have to admit, I was I was moved. Okay. I was moved. 
All right, before we get to your movement, I want to just jump straight into some some Twitter feedback we've been getting on other episodes and other things that we've been doing for a little while. Uh, if you are interested in writing us in, which you should be, uh, you could email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Um, and we have, <laughs> we've been having an interesting thing happen, which is a couple of people are live tweeting. This is a first. Yeah, live tweeting while listening to episodes of Hounds, which is great. I love it. Um, I, I, yeah, that's cool as shit. So thank you for doing that. Um, um, I want to just come to a couple of tips for uh, a couple of tips, uh, tweets from Jonathan Blade, who's been listening to a lot of back catalog episodes. Uh, one that I love is making dinner, listening to your spotlight cast. Spotlight. I enjoyed the film, uh, and thought it was an acceptable best picture, but that Matt dislikes sterile looking procedurals is fully understandable. Oh, thank you for both yeah. sides of the argument. There you Jacob go. Jacob the blade. Yeah, there you go. Um, he also, uh, had a response to, I think on the, uh, call me by your name episode, or maybe it was the Phantom Thread episode. Uh, we got into a bit of a thing about what is pretentious in cinema. You know, I hate, I hate the way that that phrase has been uh, used sometimes in describing films. Sure. Um, Jonathan Blade comes back with pretentious, as in, look how much smarter I am than my audience. It does mean something. Uh, it's the intention to entertain the creator without uh, regard to the audience. Sometimes with intentional disdain for the audience. Um, huh. I think. I think that's 100% accurate. I, do, I just, mm. I don't think that's the way we were using that phrase uh, to describe movies. Um, I kind of was. Really? Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it because there's more pertinent, important things to talk about, but that's something worthy of discussion later. I, uh, I, I, I like that definition a yeah. lot. Yeah, I think that definition is absolutely 100% correct. Uh, I, uh, I don't think that's quite how we were using it, but, but, but regardless, let's go back to that another day. Sure. Um, Jose Font, or is it Josie Font? I don't know. Um, we asked on our, uh, on our best of episode, what was the best movie that we hadn't reviewed that year? Um, I think uh, my one was a ghost story. Yours was actually on the show, so it didn't matter. The best movie you saw that year. Yeah. So, so uh, and that was Guardians of the Galaxy too. It all right. Was. Uh, for Jose or Josie, it was uh, the best movie we haven't reviewed was Coco. I think Josie would have an I in it. Yeah, probably. But yeah. you know. People spell things wrong on Twitter. Sure. Uh, it was Coco, which yes. is a film I have been meaning to see. Uh, you know, like, it's become this thing that, like, Pixar films used to be, like, uh, you had to see every single one that came out, but now there's a lot of them come out, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that, and Coco was one I haven't seen. And I think Coco is important in that question of representation as well, um, you know, because it is an important moment to have a Pixar film that's, you know, uh, very Hispanic, you yep. know, like, very much about a culture that we don't see on screen a lot. Yeah. So I would love to go back and revisit Coco at some time, and also uh, in the never-ending quest to find films that might be appropriate for my child. There you go. Um, uh -huh. He also uh, live tweeted that uh, if Shahir was giving the Oscars, it would go something along like this. And the Oscar to Best Picture goes to any of the following ten movies, and, a and the list could change at any moment. Yeah, that is a uh, hundred. That is that is why you will never be hired for that, that will job. Never, I will I will warm Beatty that job so hard. Um, but uh, wow. yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for those tweets. Yes, thank poor you, Warren um, Beatty. Poor Warren Beatty. I have a I have a request for listeners. Obviously, you know, tweet us live tweet our episodes if yep. you like that's been super fun uh email us at only movie podcast at gmail.com uh tweet at us at only movie pod uh review us on itunes obviously that's always helpful but something i wanted to ask uh each and every one of you is uh this is sort of a bit of a, a weird uh slight personal ask mm. and that is if you enjoy the show and you um get into discussions with people about podcasts or even if a friend asks you like you know oh what is there something i should be listening to please consider us as the answer to that question question i've i've gotten a lot of people come to me recently telling me that a friend has told them about 
uh, it's, it's been like a tertiary friend of a friend. And it's like right. it's been a weird sort of mm-hmm. word of mouth thing. And I realized I'd never actually uh, asked for that small favor because the more people that listen, the more we can do this. And uh, it seems to be that's been a, another prominent way people have found us is through word of mouth. So if if it comes up in conversation and you enjoy the conversations that we have that you just brought up in your own, then uh, please uh, tell tell other people about us, and uh, then they can choose a side and <laughs> between me and Shahir, and uh, we can continue this eternal war we've built. Spread the good word. Spread the good word. So the battle you. rages on. Thank you in advance. <laughs> All right. Black Panther. I have to admit, I don't know a lot about Black Panther. I've only seen him, like literally seeing him in Civil War. Uh, was it Civil War that it he was, first appeared? Yes. It first, mm-hmm. was yeah. like the first time I'd ever seen him. I I, I think I... Well, that's the first time he'd, outside of the cartoons, mm-hmm. he's ever been... I, I would depicted. venture to get I like I would like to say that I'd heard of him before that or I'd heard about the character before that, but I really Really? I, I, I if if I'd if I'd heard of it, it didn't make an impression on there's, me. There's there's you could debate over how hard Marvel pushed Black Panther over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a as a comic book character. As a comic book character. Yeah. It, it's it's up for debate. Yeah. Um obviously he debuted in the sixties. Uh, he was their first serious attempt at making a positive black character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he debuted on the Fantastic Four, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as to their commitment to the book itself. Yeah. And I mean, you could pick apart Marvel's history on and on and whatever. Yeah. I mean, basically, there's like they're like any other publishing company. Whatever sells, sells they're yeah. going to push. Sure. And, you know, you've got that whole um, <clears throat> I want to say like most of the nineties mm-hmm. was Wolverine, um, and Wolverine guesting in everybody else's book. Yeah. Right. You know, so or it, image it, comics and, and that too. Yes. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, a lot of that stuff got buried and, and, and whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, in, in, you know, for, for good reason, uh, you know, with the way the characters have been dispersed through the movie houses, Mm -hmm. they had to start digging into, you know, it's like who who's available, who do we still have the rights to? Right. Because, you know, we've built up this whole big thing. Yeah. Now for a traditionalist like myself, you hear about this and the big fear is they're going to turn this into, um, you know, what a lot of these things, what a lot of, movies that are supposed to be positive and black themed turn out to be like Mississippi right. burning ends up being more about the FBI agents than, you know, right, uh, right, right. Than the actual people suffering and that got involved in, in, in all the stuff that, you know, legitimately happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. And even, and even in the black Panther case, uh, Everett Ross was the character that kind of was the, the, the white gateway into Black Panther, right? He's the yes. character that's played by Martin Freeman in, mm-hmm. in, the, uh, mm-hmm. in the books, uh, in the film, was kind of like the gateway character. Well, but, you gotta, right, you, you, you gotta give, you know, <laughs> you gotta get one in there somewhere, right. I guess, yeah. you know. So that's fine, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, when, you, I think I, my first glimmer of hope that this was gonna get handled correctly mm-hmm. was when I saw the cast list. Right. And I saw all of those faces and all of those names and Forrest Whitaker and Angela Bassett and all. And I was like, oh, so that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. I was a little, <clears throat> little put off when I, I found out that uh, Ava uh, DuVernay yeah. was, uh, was in talks and then backed out. Yeah. 
Because she's great. She's and she and she's found her own, you know, her own Disney product. Oh no, exactly. Yeah, a wrinkle, a wrinkle of time. time is, yeah. which actually looks crazy. So I haven't watched the trailer. I, you know, yeah. all right. Well, yeah. then, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna. No, no, no. I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm excited for her as a filmmaker, and I don't want to spoil the experience of watching that movie. Okay. Yeah. And also, it was entirely filmed in New Zealand, so it's like I, I don't. You know, oh, so you're, you're you're actually yeah yeah you're I'm invested. I'm invested you're, in okay. In, I'm, I'm, I right. want to see where this goes. <clears throat> I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Shahir invested. Yeah. Okay. Why does Shahir not be invested in a film? Uh, okay. Let's, let's right. go, go back to the back catalog, and you can dig for when that happens. Okay. Um, All right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it sounds like you guys have a personal history with Black. Well, you particularly have a personal history with Black Panther. I right? have. I mean, not. I mean, not from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, but definitely uh, when Reggie Hudlin was in charge of the books and then when they paired him up uh, to be married with Storm mm -hmm. and, you know, a, a little bit here and there. You know, I mean, admittedly, because I'm such a supernatural freak, mm -hmm. actually Blade was the guy I was focused ah, okay. on mm -hmm. yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, and they introduced him in like 72. Right. So it was... You know that 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 was really more where I gravitated from, and then ironically, yeah. he shows up in the movies dressed like me. Um, so <laughs> that was Blade got his wardrobe choices, but from you, <clears throat> you know what? <laughs> I get so much shit about that. By the way, from why? No, you know what? Wesley no. Snipes was you know in the production design, and we're like peeping on your Instagram. <laughs> well, yes, preemptively, yeah, preemptive Instagram. <laughs> Well, I, I I do know for a fact because I bought them for you. You own almost every blade weapon. Uh, well, there is that too. <laughs> there is that too. There's a great story <clears throat> that Matt and I have of our in our history of him, you know, buying me a Christmas gift that got delivered to fifteen uh, fifteen Broadway where yep. we used to work. Yep, and uh, where you still worked, I guess. Uh, yeah, and and security had to come get me and bring me to this office because I had to leave the building mm -hmm. with the gift immediately. Because it was a weapon. Because it was a replica and the of hit the vampire blade sword. At 1515 was not happy about this being on the property. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Redstone himself was, yeah, was like, like, you know what? You know what? No, fellas. I'm not, <laughs> I smell this I, thing. I, yeah. You need to get out of here with that BS. It is, uh, you know, listen, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so in that particular case, it was me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> shipping weapons to fifteen fifteen. But but Merry were, Christmas. Were, were you invested in the stories? Like what? You know, Blake, you know okay, Blade was your thing, but Black Panther. Would, would you buy the this? You know, the comic books. Would you? you I know? picked up. I have a few. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, <clears throat> I had a stepfather mm -hmm. who actually cost me some comic books. Oh. And any old, old Black Panther stuff that I could probably buy a house with now. Right. Gone. Oh, wow. Okay. Along uh. with, along with, I want to say, uh, the original adaptations of uh, the Star Wars movies. Oh, shit. Well, uh, and a couple of other things, like Daredevil, first time he killed the owl. I had a lot of good shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. he cost me a couple of things. Well. I still have a lot of great stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oish. So. So Matt, how about yourself with Black Panther? Black Panther has been a uh, character that I so my my it's funny my Marvel uh, love is not as long term as at least from the comics perspective is not as long term as I feel like I sort of portray or, or for the level of excitement that I normally give these things. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when I was a kid, I loved all the characters. I watched all the cartoons. I did all the things. I always gravitated towards that a little bit more than the DC stuff. 
I didn't start getting back into Marvel Comics until uh, the first Civil War about 14 years ago when they started publishing the comic books for Civil War. Mm -hmm. And um, that I just went through and I bought, literally I bought the main one and then I bought the front line, which is about the journalism. And Mm -hmm. then I just went through all the characters and um, it was uh, super interesting, just sort of the, the, the progression of all the different characters through that and then all the major stories through that. And that's when I first started learning about um, Black Panther and T'Challa and that, the, the sort of how Wakanda handles all of these different things. And um, and there there was a group that Professor X had put together at one point called the Illuminati, which was all of the like the big brains. Like it was Reed Richards, T'Challa, uh, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Like just they were supposed to be like every one of them is like the, the smartest man on the planet. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So uh, and they were trying to fix things and it, like it actually didn't end up fixing anything. It actually caused Planet Hulk. And like, a, yeah, there was a couple of attempts at that kind of thing because there was the order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it never it goes well. Little things and, yeah. and, and, and yeah, and exactly. Namor and probably least, fucked it up. <laughs> uh, but. Right, as smart as everybody is, they still manage to like make things work. Yeah. Um, so that's when I first really got introduced to it and I first started understanding like what Wakanda was and and I really like I really like the idea of of what Wakanda is. That that there there is this society that has surpassed most everything else on the planet. But they also really want nothing to do with the garbage outside of their society for a while. Any right. any other important point? Back to the, going back yeah. to the quote. They avoided colonization. Yes, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge, huge point. Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of gets glossed over depending on who's sure. working on that specific book. Mm-hmm. Reggie Hudlin, I want to say, when he was working on it. He was kind of hammering it home. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, depending on who else took over after that, it's like, da, 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 da. but now, of course, with, with it being included in the movie, now it's not going anywhere. Yeah. 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 And that's great that they did. Because, and, and there's I like it because they mention it in some of the some of the expedition in the beginning. And then they mention it like and then it sort of just sprinkled that fact throughout the different dialogue of the film, mm-hmm. even to, down to your quote. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, like it was it it's it's so ingrained in the Wakandan I get in the world that they've set up in their in their uh, zeitgeist. I don't know the right word in their society yeah. right. that uh, that they did manage that that they were not a part. They got to they avoided that. Uh, anyway, back to the, the the point. So Black Panther has always been something that I I w- I've always been very interested in tertiarily. I read again the same books when he and Storm uh, became uh, a couple and they sort of uh, had their whole. They had a big wedding. Yeah. yeah, and everybody had to put beef aside. Yeah, yeah. it was a whole Wolverine thing. Wolverine and Nightcrawler were both like, "What the heck why that's put beef." Oh, beef! Is it? I was like, I'm thinking of weddings where like certain people can't eat certain food. Well, Nightcrawler. And I was like, was there a religious reason you couldn't eat beef at a wedding? Nightcrawler <laughs> is vegan. Weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Wolverine most certainly is not. No. Yeah. Um, but then when we saw when we saw T'Challa, uh, Black Panther in in Civil War, the film, mm-hmm. I was I was. Uh, taken aback with how cool they managed to make the the character himself because look superheroes are silly mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. And, and marvel's done this thing and I, it, I give them all the credit in the world whether you sort of like or dislike the films themselves they've made superheroes feel like they can exist in real life yep and we've gotten to a point now where a dude in a full black cat suit like he's taking helicopters. Catwoman. He's Catman. He's he's <laughs> he's taking 
M50 fire from a helicopter and just turning around and being like, really? Mm-hmm. And I buy it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that, it, it, that is... I think so special about the MCU, but also like I never looked at, at the black Panther running down the highway when he's chasing down Bucky or like whatever. And I was never like, Oh, this is psh, no, but, but it's, but if you took it out of where it was, I, it's so silly, right? But, but they, they treat the, the character uh, with enough reverence where it all feels real to me. And if you look at civil war, T'Challa is the only person that gets anything done. <laughs> right, pretty much. He's the one that cleans up the mess while Cap and, and Iron Man Duke are beating yeah. the shit out of each other. And he he he's the one that takes the higher ground when the other two won't with Zemo. He doesn't kill Zemo, even though Zemo ha- uh, killed his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers for Civil War. Um, and and it was just like this great arc of this of this guy who didn't think he was ready for a very important job going kind of off the handle for a minute and then reeling back and realizing why his father was so important and trying to follow in his father's footsteps, which then in this film, there's, there's very, yeah. So I loved, and this is sort of get into the, into the film itself. And maybe we'll start with you since uh, SVP and I have been yip yapping comic book nonsense for a little bit. We'll go to Shahir first about the film itself, but something I really liked and it's something I think um, it's not done well always. And it's mm-hmm. something that you, Shahir, I think don't like normally. I'll be interested to see your take on this film is I really loved the amount of setup that Civil War gave Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And it let us jump right into uh, and you could just see Black Panther. have not had seen Civil War and you'd get it enough. Mm-hmm. But it was this perfect balance for me of like, here's I, I know the character because he was a main character in another film. He didn't feel tacked on. He had a purpose and he had an arc in Civil War. Yes. It wasn't like Ant-Man who just showed up for the second act and was like having super fun, which, yeah, that's fun. It's not really meaningful. Mm-hmm. He's just there. He's the comic relief. And you can do that with Spider-Man and Ant-Man in these situations to kind of to, to sprinkle that in. But also Ant-Man is by I mean, they had their standalones. But but for instance, in, in Civil War, they didn't have an arc. They were just there to sort of <clears throat> in, in order of, of, of correct setup for your own films, even though Ant-Man's happened beforehand. I right. would say Black Panther was done the best, followed by Spider-Man, followed by Ant-Man. Ant-Man was just kind of thrown in for fun. Spider-Man had a cool scene with Tony Stark, which kind of got you the Peter Parker vibe. But T'Challa had a whole fucking thing. And <laughs> right. that was really nice because then when it comes time for his own film, we are set up enough. Uh, if you want to be right. to to jump into it, just just like head on. And that was something I really, really liked and appreciated. So uh, I was I mean, I was super psyched when when but you're I also obviously down. always psyched because it's a Marvel movie coming out, right? <laughs> like it's not a it's a it's a it's a no brainer. Uh, yes and no. I well, mean, look, the the second Thor, I wasn't super psyched for, but I went and saw it and I enjoyed it fine. Mm-hmm. Um Again, Iron Man 3 is, is a film that over time I have started to enjoy more because I feel like it's a more sort of grounded movie, e- even though it's a Shane Black film. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's a more grounded movie than a lot of the superhero stuff. I'd say, okay. honestly, sadly, uh, SVP, Doctor Strange at this point is probably my least favorite Marvel film. And that's not that's not shitting on Doctor Strange. I think it has a lot of special things to it. Mm-hmm. But as far as a film and an arc overall, it feels the most samey to me out of all of them. It feels like a yet another uh, rant, like just felt, origin felt story. It felt formulaic. It felt super formulaic. And, uh, but I like the formula, so that's fine. So again, mm-hmm. I never, I didn't go into like Doctor Strange like real pumped. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'll enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, I went into real pumped. 
And was it because and and was it because of the Civil War origin, or was it because of the the sort of story of representation that's going around Black Panther? I mean, it's all of it too. And I'll right. get into sort of I mean my very minimal involvement with that sort of as we go. But uh, if I was just looking at Marvel properties and like the way I mean, let's strip away if this was if this was uh, fucking Squirrel Girl. And they set her up as well as they set up T'Challa in Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Then I would be psyched for it okay. on its own. There's obviously the bigger thing of representation that we'll get into yeah. uh, that ob- that helps that along. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I was super pumped. But Shahir. Yeah. Let's get into. Oh, uh, before we get your first thoughts, do you want me to read the IMDb synopsis? Because sure, it's, yeah. it's it's very vague. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm guessing people know what Black Panther yeah. is at this point. Uh, IMDb says the film is. T'Challa, after the death of his father, the king of Wakanda, returns home to the isolated, technologically advanced African nation to succeed the throne and take his rightful place as king. Yeah. They don't drop Wakanda's name in there. I thought Did that was weird. Did they just copy and paste from the Lion King? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. that was kind of whack. Yeah. Um... So Shahir, what was let's get your let's get your first thoughts on this on this beast. So obviously I went in uh you know my thing with the Marvel movies is I acknowledge the the significance that they have around uh cult, pop culture right now. They are the probably the most important things that are happening in movies. And arguably mm-hmm. like some of the good things that have come out of them is that they might be the thing that are saving the theatrical experience right now. You know like the theatrical experience is kind of becoming really problematic for a lot of people, but but films like uh Black Panther coming out and causing a big ruckus and people wanting to go see it and little kids dancing, you know, at at, cl- at lunchtime because they hear they're going to go see it as a group mm-hmm. in a movie theater is saving the theatrical experience. It's saving, it's the reason people want to go to the movie. So uh, I think that's a really big bonus for it. Um, it's the same, and 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 I, I, I thought about this movie in respect to my response to uh, Wonder Woman, which we reviewed, uh, was it this year or last year? It was last that year. Was last year. Um, in terms of how important it is, and you know, for representation to have a character that looks like you, whether they are a woman or whether they are uh, a minority, and I think that's an important thing, and it's something that you know, like, is uh, interestingly implicit in in almost every other major Marvel movie is that most of these heroes are white cisgendered males, um, and it's a it's sort of interesting to have. Uh, the importance of that dynamic uh, be explored a little bit further. Um, the thing that I um, wanted to think about a little bit, you know, and, and it's it's the thing that I bring up in every time is is it a is it does the movie stand up on its own? And is it, you know, does the movie actually function on its own terms, you know, regardless of that context, you know, like we don't, you know, and the origin of this podcast was Mad Max Fury Road. I, we didn't, we walked into that without any hoopla, without knowing much about it and be like, and, and we're just like, this is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the experience we get with the Marvel movies? Uh, for me, most of the time, it's not quite that experience. I want them to be good, but but I often find that there's a little bit of a, you know, like as you say, a little bit of a same sameness to them. Sure. Um, the ones that I've been excited about, uh, the uh, you know, in the last year, uh, I think the my appreciation of them has leveled off to a point where I'm like, these are great. These aren't for me, but they're there. Mm-hmm. And 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 that would uh, the films that I'm thinking about there are Guardians of the Galaxy two, which is like great. Uh, mm-hmm. It does what it does very well. Thor Ragnarok, great, does what it does very well. Spider Man, does what it does very well. Um, Black Pan- Black Panther is going to be an interesting one for me because I think the thing that I mentioned at the beginning was, regardless of what I think about it, I think what the the fact that it's out there and what it does is so much more important than my opinion. Sure. Then then that's then then I think that's going to override everything I say. Um, but 
I will say, um, I think the world is wonderfully realized. I think um, Ryan Coogler does an incredible job of balancing what this film needs to be and where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, interestingly, I, uh, for me, um, in that question of representation, this film does something very interesting at the end of it that makes... It's shortcomings throughout the, for me, what are, you know, what I would argue are significant shortcomings throughout the film, less relevant because of what it does at the end of the film. So the ending of the film, the way it ties this thing together, and I don't want to give spoilers, yet, yeah. yet, you know, at this moment, um, are what make this film work. Um, they aren't necessarily... Um, there are, to me, there are, uh, uh, I wouldn't say problems, but, but that sort of same sameness feel that I have throughout, you know, through most of these movies kind of is, is very prevalent to me in this film in that, you know, we've got, huh. uh, um, I, I think the first, um, I think it's really the first 30 to 40 minutes of this movie, are kind of a drag. And really? they, yeah, they, for me, they were kind of a drag. And I was like, look, the Kendrick, you know, like hearing that Kendrick Lamar is doing the soundtrack, you know, getting excited that, that this is going to be, you know, a film with a character where people are getting excited about it. And then the film kind of starts. And then we, you know, we go through that whole process of secession and then into a, into a sort of a, this chase scene in South Korea that I think is kind of like, mm. um, it's only when Killmonger appears on screen as a villain with, with his intentions known, which only happens at about the 40 minute mark mm -hmm. that for me, this song kind of gets going. Huh. And, and so I found all that stuff before that to be kind of flat, a little, you know, it's fine. Uh, nothing really excited me. There was a, there was a single take in the casino scene that I thought was really well executed um, <clears throat> that I liked. But apart from like, you know, the, the theatricality of fighting and, and seeing Black Panther in action, I, I kind of found it a little, eh. huh. uh, I, I thought, you know, his introduction in Civil War was far more interesting. And what, you know, what they did with him in Civil War is, was, was, was far more compelling. And I think there's this thing that happens with certain characters. Uh, I don't know if it's characters or the way they sit up. To me, Black Panther was a really compelling addition to Civil War. I was like, oh, what's that guy doing? You know, what's he about? When he became the, the central character in this film, I found him a little uninteresting. And I found him, his character arc kind of, you know, fairly, I knew what to expect with him uh, throughout this whole thing. And I wasn't, I wasn't that taken by him. Um, so, but, but again, all of this is moot given what the Understood. film does at the end. And, and again, what it does with Killmonger, um, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character is really interesting. And I, you know, I think uh, the other thing that, you know, aside from all of that, that I, um, want to come back to because I'm always interested in filmmakers and their, and their careers is Ryan Coogler, you know, again, 31 years old, this mm -hmm. kid's 31 years old. He mm -hmm. did Fruitvale station, which I think is an excellent film. Creed Creed, which is a film I really like. And what I really liked about Creed, I didn't love it, but what I liked about it, oh, is I loved Creed. <laughs> what I liked about Creed a lot was that Creed basically took, um, uh, a, a mythological figure from, you know, that, that's been important since the 70s yep. mm -hmm. and reconfigured it for an entirely different, not for an entirely different audience, but reconfigured it as, as a different race, yeah. you, know, you know, in a way. He kind of took the, the, the Rocky mythology and made it important to black people. Mm -hmm. and, I and I was like, that is a pretty impressive thing to do. And, that, and that's why I think that film really, really lands. So I was, I, I, and I think what he does with the end of Black Panther kind of continues in what I think will be an interesting 
um, arc as a filmmaker, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm quite taken by that. I, you know, I have my issues with the film sure. and we'll talk about them more in spoilers, but that's, that's my overall impression. All right. Okay. SVP, let's do your, let's do your, your, your first thoughts. You just came out of this movie hours ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> for the most part, I loved it. Uh, and you know, it, I understand where Shahir is, is, is seeing sameness formulaic and all that. I mean, Let's face it, every hero uh, that's depicted in these movies, they kind of go through this sort of loss, revival, loss, become greater than kind of thing. That, that, that they, That's basically what happens in all of these movies. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but for me, it's like, I want to see that. So right. that's, I, I, under, I understand if, if somebody, you know, the, the beginning of the movie seems like a lot of exposition, you know, I just heard one of you throw that word up, yep. but, um, you know, for me, it's, it's necessary to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also, I'm, when I'm watching any of these movies, I'm not thinking about me, the cynical middle-aged black dude who's been working in entertainment all these right, years. Right, right, right. And I'm thinking about me, the 10 year old. Yes. Yes. And me, the 10 year old is screaming with joy. Yeah. So I'm watching, I'm trying to, and actually I don't really have to try. I yeah. sit down in the theater and the only difference is, you know, I'm not in a hood theater. I'm in the Alamo draft house ordering delicious wings <laughs> and, and bottomless coffee. Yeah. It, it's like in a know, French press. Uh, oh they my give you God. coffee in the fucking French oh press. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's like joy upon joy upon joy. Um, I don't mind the exposition. I don't mind because you know what? I've sat through exposition for Batman. I've sat through exposition repeatedly for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. No offense, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but that, that's a really, Spider-Man's going to be an interesting point. We'll cover, you yeah. know? And, and so I'm okay for my brother to, to get up there and be like, well, this is how it happened for me. Yeah. yeah. Because that's, that's the hero's walk, mm-hmm. so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So it was nice to see all of that. Um, shout out to Ruth Carter. The costuming mm-hmm. yeah. in this movie is bananas. So good. <laughs> bananas. It, it it's like I can't even imagine. I mean, I was joking around about the dudes in the in the um, you know, Black Panther mask wondering why they why they can't breathe. But the sisters yeah. are gonna be on the street <laughs> as a Dory Malaji. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see this. Yeah. This is going to be, it's going to be out of control. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and as far as <clears throat> the story arc and everything else like that, yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, cause ultimately Marvel is still a business mm-hmm. and this has to set up infinity war. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, this might be the last is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the last movie before Infinity War, is it? I believe it is. And then Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out in like June or July or August or something like relatively quickly after the fact, after Infinity War, which is interesting to me. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I also appreciated the fact that and, you know, sorry if, if this is a spoiler, but uh, <clears throat> I appreciate the fact that none of the other Marvel characters came in to assist yeah. There's no, with there's, his problems. Yeah. It's like, yeah, let let him be him. Let him handle his business uh, on his own. And then when he shows up in Infinity War, then he's an enhancement 
Yeah. And he's an under, he's a fully flushed out understood enhancement. Yeah. He's another aspect to the, the infinity war. Right. Um, so oh, oh, basically overall I'm happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, I, I went and saw this film super early one morning mm-hmm. uh, and it was, you full. invited me and I was like, no, it was a <laughs> IMAX 2d film uh, and it was full. And uh, I, I, I loved every minute of this movie. Okay. Uh, the, the beginning 40 minutes uh, for me, I, I really appreciated a lot of what it was doing. I, I it, it kind of gave you, this is what I think they were going for. And I enjoyed seeing it. I can understand if the formulaicness of that from one angle is, is not enjoyable or is incredibly enjoyable. What I really liked about it was it. And I kept thinking back to our Ken Batman be black episode. Mm -hmm. This, the beginning of black Panther takes you through kind of every action movie trope that has been predominantly a white main dude in it Mm -hmm. and shows you in one film, this guy is just doing all that shit. He's mm-hmm. got the ninja moment in the beginning in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Then he's got the casino moment where it's the, the coolest James Bond thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And then we have the big action piece on the bridge with the car flipping and, and shooting fucking kinetic energy nonsense out of the, like, so like I'm getting like these, these tropes that are normally involved in other white led male action films. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting the whole thing like, yep, but look at this and look at this and look at this. And I'm like, fuck. And that, so I like, liked that breath it gave me of all that. And then Killmonger coming in and the, and the, um and the, the solidification of what the story is actually about, even though they sort of hinted at it throughout. I really enjoyed uh, the, the first, you know, it's interesting. The most visceral part of the film for me, weirdly was in the first 40 minutes. And it's when um he's fighting the challenger um from the, from the, what clan is that? I'm trying Tabari. the Tabari clan. Um, that moment for me when he's stripped of his powers and they're fighting and like I know in my head like he's gonna T'Challa's gonna win mm-hmm. but for whatever reason that was a f- that fight scene in particular was far more visceral and real to me than a lot of these fight scenes that I see in these movies and I don't know if it was because it was literal just hand to hand combat two dudes fighting in a very interesting setting mm-hmm. um, or, or or whatnot but that even though it was sort of like a setup moment um, and you could have watch tons of films like this you kind of know what's going to happen i felt like it did such a good job uh both uh, cinematography wise uh costuming everything it made it feel like a living breathing place that anything could happen despite the cynic in me having again worked in entertainment and knowing like exactly i i felt like oh and then when he won i was super happy um so this movie grabbed me all the way through and it's so funny because this wakanda is what i wanted uh what I wanted Asgard to be like Wakanda feels like a place that's lived in and like real and like, like the characters come from there Mm -hmm. and, and Asgard always felt like a green screen to me. Right. (laughs) So, so so even in like, even in Ragnarok spoilers for Thor Ragnarok, when, when bad shit happens and Asgard is no more, I'm like, "Eh." yeah, like, and again, Thor Ragnarok supposed to be a comedy and yeah. I, and I, you know, whatever, but you've dealt with a, with a mythological place. that's supposed to be very important cosmically over three or more films. And I feel like Wakanda does more with it and, and not even trying to, it's just through, through script, through costuming, through set design, through art direction. It, it feels, and there's really, there's probably like three sets in Wakanda outside. 
Yeah. But it felt real to me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that was super cool. So I I dug this movie through and through. Um, and, uh, it, you know, actually, Shahir, kind of throwing this back to you just real quick. As far as you said, you started really liking it once Killmonger was involved. And God, how Michael B. Jordan managed to make a character literally named Killmonger. Uh, Eric Killmonger yeah. is his you know, full it's name. full name. Yeah. Um, feel like... It, like have a legitimate arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say and it's a legitimate writing. gripe. Yeah, yeah. And a legitimate gripe yeah. and, and a point of view where you could look at him and in one angle of uh, one slice of life, be like, yeah, like he's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that a lot of, I'm trying to think of another villain in a Marvel film that has done that. I think for me, uh, Vulture and Spider-Man was kind of close, close, you close. know, like, yeah, close. He was close. believable in his sort of selfishness and the way he was trying to take care of his own. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. Yeah. But even from, a, I'm talking about like Vulture was never doing it because he was wronged and was trying to sort of, uh, no, he was wrong. Well, he was wrong. No, yeah, he, he was, was kind of wronged, but, but he's not <laughs> going, Tony Stark. but he wasn't, but he's not going after Tony Stark. He's yeah. being a vulture and sort of skirting around it and just being a criminal to take care of him and his own. He's right. not, he's not attacking Tony Stark. Mm. He is trying to just take his piece of what he thinks he is owed yeah. where Killmonger comes in and he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, like these are the facts. Mm. Your dad did some shit fucked up my life. Why the fuck is that? Now I'm coming in to do my own thing. I don't know. I, and he's also Killmonger also like it or dislike it. He's also representing a certain <laughs> cultural vantage point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so to me, the reason why, um, why I ultimately kind of was like landed in favor of this film was that arc. And, and the reason, and the, there's a real specific reason here is that is again, it has to do with Fruitvale station and Creed mm. is that, is that one of the things that I always kind of feel a little not bummed out about, but I feel a little bit like uh, this is th- th- these films aren't taking the advantage of of the the asset that they have, which is that they have a director usually who has a very strong voice. You know, like we we agreed that, uh, and, and I think perhaps um, Taika in uh, Taika Waititi and Thor Ragnarok was one of the strongest examples of like mm-hmm. bringing what he does to this movie and not being swallowed up by it. Mm-hmm. It was one of my big complaints with the Last Jedi. Is I didn't feel like I I saw the Ryan Johnson that I saw in Looper and. Um, uh, and in brick. And so what was cool about what what was cool about Killmonger, Eric Killmonger's character here is that it's a continuation of thematic interest that Ryan Coogler has from Fruitvale Station yes. from Creed. Mm-hmm. It, 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 mm-hmm. it continues that and it felt very personal and it felt very um, heartfelt and it felt real and authentic. And it, and, and it did what, what was what I really dug about that is that it echoed the importance of why this film matters in the actual narrative itself. Like I, I often, you know, like I, I kind of liked wonder woman, but I didn't feel particularly roused by that film. You know, I didn't feel particularly, um, empower, you know, not, not that, um, you know, a, a heterosexual male is going to be empowered by wonder woman, but no, they, they should, should be. be. Yeah. And, and if I had a daughter, I would, you know, like wonder woman wasn't necessarily the film where I'd be like, Oh, check this out to feel like you could be a superhero. But, but, but the reason why black Panther matters and the reason why seeing these kids dance in the street matters is actually in the film as well. It's not just a, a thing around the film. Sure. 
It's actually part of the story. And the, and the thing that's important in the part of the story, we're in spoiler territory now. Spoilers now. Is this is this notion that Black Panther matters as an icon to people who have who've never uh, who've never had something like that. You know, this idea it's a Bugatti spaceship. Seeing someone in their neighborhood that dresses well, that is gonna outreach to them, that is gonna that is gonna create positive change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that also reflects this idea of what Wakanda is. You know, Wakanda as a concept is, you know, it is it's fantasy, right? Yes. But it, it it's it's also ultimately the great thing that science fiction fantasy can do, which is that can it can reconfigure what our vision of reality is. And Wakanda is a great science fiction concept. It is this idea that you mentioned, which is that it is, a, it is an African continent that was not colonized. Yes. So, And it is far more technologically advanced because of it. It is saved because of that mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this film, again, is that it challenge, is that not only does it set that up, it also challenges that notion. It's like, well, if you are this technologically advanced country that lives in this world where that is not the truth for the people around you, then what are you going to do about it? And the film actually, and Killmonger's character directly challenges that idea. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's actually what, you know, that, that is the thing that I think really landed for this. In, in Wonder Woman, again, I, I, I'm just referencing Wonder Woman a lot because I revisited, try, just trying to think about my responses between the two of them. It's the closest <laughs> in, in importance tone to yeah. this film in the genre recently. But I was thinking a lot of, like the, the scene in Wonder Woman that, that kind of works in that way is No Man's Land. The no man's land scene is the right. most is the best mm-hmm. scene in the Wonder Woman film. Right. And and but it but it feels like an isolated scene that's not necessarily connected to the entire it's not what the entire film is about. And and but Killmonger's story and the way Killmonger brings Black Panther out of, you know, out of the invisible cloak shield yeah. is actually what that film is about. And 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 the final, you know, the speech at the UN um, oh, that was, good. was good because because it reminds us of who's at the UN at this particular moment, Nikki Haley. And if the, if you guys have watched the, the last UN speech where, you know, Nikki Haley basically gets up and and uh, chastises the entire membership of the United Nations for not agreeing with the Donald Trump, uh, you know, decree for moving, uh, moving the capital of uh, Israel to Jerusalem (laughs) and says, you know, you, we will remember this. That is the exact opposite of what happens in Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that speech in Black Panther then again, just makes you realize, oh, this is why this is important. And this is what superhero films can do. This is what science fiction can do. So it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing in that respect. Again, uh, you know, I know, I know, you know where you're know, going. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's funny because you you bring me back to something that I've posted on Facebook and social media a couple of times. It's like basically, if you're doing science fiction but you're racist and non-inclusive, you're doing it wrong. Right. Wakanda. The guy, the guy who wrote Indus Game, I think, has been accused of the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wakanda mm. to me right now is what I imagine, and this is sort of a weird. This is sort of a weird parallel, but it it has the the ability to be the same type of beacon that and in di- very different ways but the same type of beacon that Gene Roddenberry's original Star was, Trek yes yeah. had to do 100% yeah. and so like look at all the stuff this is sort of this is this is a little bit more micro but like look at look at Star Trek and then look at our lives now mm-hmm. we have a lot of stuff that Star Trek just decided oh this is a neat idea let's just do this like they, they, uh, fuck our smartphones, our tricorders, the ability to just talk to a computer and play any song you want. Like these are things that are little minimal things or even self-driving cars or whatever. These are all things that Star Trek 
It's aspirational. It's aspirational. These are aspirations that Star Trek put out into the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like Wakanda is more because we're not looking at like, I'm not looking at, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) trains that can transport vibranium because that's not a thing. But like the, but the. But considering what's been going on with Amtrak lately. Oh, God. We could use improvement in that area. A hundred percent. But like the, the 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 great thing about Wakanda is I feel like it's not going to focus on this micro level. It's going to start getting and, and and I hope and I do think with the with the cultural impact that this film is set to have, it will start more of a chain reaction, hopefully of like starting to think about, you know, real world African nations, not even depend. None of them are Wakanda. Of course, Wakanda is a fake place, mm-hmm. but it, it gives it puts. There's something about putting it into the global narrative, even if it's fiction, like yeah, absolutely it's something, the idea I, that I, that can exist. I think the most important thing there is the thing that, that Steve said, which is the, the idea that it was a non-colonized country. Yeah. That, that, that to me is the, the, you know, the technology thing is, yeah, it's all science fiction fantasy. Yeah, And I'm not being, talking about yeah. that aspect yeah, in, yeah. in but regards it, but to Star this, Trek. I'm just talking about the idea. Yeah. But the idea that it was this non-colonized place and then. I think you know there's something there's something beautifully ironic in the in the notion that um, this non-colonized country that is the most technologically advanced will come to the the first the, the most powerful first world country to deal with our inner slums. You know, like it's like it's yeah. like it, it, there's something I, I beautifully ironic about that. Um, and I don't know if the film intentionally lands in that way it, because it is an American film. You know, that's what it has to deal with. Sure, sure. but it, but there's something sort of beautifully wonderful about that. If you read, again, there was a, a UN report recently about poverty in America and how America, you know, like there are levels of poverty in America that are unheard of in, in other places, in, uh, in second or third world countries. Sure. Um, and I, so the, I kind of, I like the kind of, um, the, the relationship to a political reality that this film has. Now, I still think there are, you know, there are the problems of cinema of, of, of all Marvel movies. There are problems, you know, and I, and I do think the first 40 minutes of this film are, you know, formulaic. Not, no, it's not formulaic. They're just, to me, the problem is, is that they're dull and they're uninteresting in the way that Killmonger. Yeah. Is. See, I disagree. You know, like they're, they, they kind of don't do anything oh, for me. Well, this actually sets it up. Sorry. The, the, no, I want to, I'm agreeing with you in a sense of, of sort of why you feel this way. Right. I, I, because so for instance, we talked about how you felt like you just sort of like new T'Challa, like he's just going to do the main dude stuff and he's going to, he's going to, what I said. Oh, what, you said something along those lines. You I just, said about I, the main I, character goes through a very similar plot line throughout the thing. Steve actually said that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, the thing that I was saying was that I think the the chase scene to get claw is is doesn't doesn't it actually isn't relevant to what was important in this in this film, which is Killmonger's journey. And 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 I think the even I found the the um you know the 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 champ the the championing to 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 find who's king kind of I was a little confused by that because I was like, oh, is the black, do, do you become the Black Panther when you win that? Or because he seemed to be the Black Panther already. Um, well, I think with that, they were more or less pulling from actual uh, tribal history. Right. But, you know? but, but I, but I mean, you know, like just sort of on a, on a sort of logic level is, do you, does the person who wins that right become the Black Panther? Then why is yeah. why is the child of the Black Panther already? Because he had to. Be, he became the Black Panther. What there needed well, his to be. Father a, was the first one. Yeah. Right. So uh, then, as, as but the but his father is no longer the Black Panther. Well, his father's dead. Right. So so he automatically ascension, part of the ascension process. I gathered yeah. was that it opens up the other tribes to say, all right, anybody else want to challenge? Right. 
or, or would he going to go with the I guess, I, Again, this is sort of like trivial and it doesn't really matter, but it was like, <clears> he seemed to be the Black Panther already. And I was kind of like asking questions like, what is the Black Panther, what is the Black Panther's role in Wakandan society? He's the protector of Wakanda. Okay. Both physical and and as a figurehead, and as a figurehead. Okay, but he's also the king sometimes, and not all. Not also just just to give you a little 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 backup Mm. history, just something that was Mm. depicted in a couple. I want to say it was in a couple of books, and then Mm. Reggie Hudlin actually put it in the BET uh, cartoon series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Captain America, yeah, Um, Mm T'Chaka. Actually, uh, those two actually had a little head bump incident. Uh, when Captain America apparently stumbled on some Nazis who were about to break into Wakanda mm-hmm. and Captain America was going to handle things one way. T'Chaka ended up handling it another way. Mm-hmm. Uh, T'Chaka ends up beating Captain America's ass and then saying, uh, by the way, this is the last time I want to see you right. anywhere in this vicinity. Right. Um, and it's only, it, it, this is only, in a cartoon version yeah. uh, that's, you know, aired on BET yeah. And, yeah. and everything else like that. But the thing is, he's responsible for answering physical threats. He's resp- like the buck. It's one of those things where the buck stops. The there. buck stops here. And and you he know. is. And that that notion that Wakanda is isolated and and, and kept private is is part of his role. Yes. I'm guessing. Yeah. Even though he kind of jumps out at the beginning of the film to rescue some slave traders, I'm guessing. Well, he was rescuing. So, and that, that was the other part about that. Um, you know, and it's like, as guys, I think we forget that, you know, you bring in your old lady to see the movie. She's got to have somebody to latch on to, too. Right. So, you know, it, it's like he was <clears throat> he was rescuing his ex-girlfriend. And right. not even rescuing. I mean, not rescuing. Just literally because, wanting her back for his ascension. Right. I'm, I'm really waiting for the super cut of him saying, I never freeze. Cut to um, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Batman and Robin saying, chill out. <laughs> nice. I just want to see nice. that super cut. Well, you should probably make that. Yeah, I should probably make it. You should probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, you, you got to give, like, all of these things need some kind of a love interest thing or else it just becomes guy doing guy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I you know, it's like, when, and I will say I was not crazy about all of the fight choreography in no, that particular I mean, scene. Yeah. Which one? In the, in the Ascension scene? No, in no, no, no. Uh, oh, the, the ninja first, scene. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Because it was a little choppy. Well, that's Batman. That's Batman style nonsense. But even still, it's like, like with the Krav Maga stuff in the, in the Chris, uh, Christopher Nolan movies, I was able to make sense out of those moves. In two out of three, you were. The first one, you didn't see shit. <laughs> That's true. All right. Yes, they cut point. around a no, lot. No, but I, I agree with you in terms of the fight choreography. I found like especially around the 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 battle on the river, the the fight, the challenging on the river. Right. I found I found that kind of like. Oh, I found that uh, really really un, powerful. Un, uninteresting. Uh, I I have to say as well, like uh, what well, am I, I found f- that was very basic and, mm. and and very guttural and. I think you, it was just my problem was it was cut in a way that didn't give us the best viewpoint of everything that was happening didn't give us the best impact. I think it did. I think it gave us the most uh, visceral in that moment because there's a lot of times when the camera's literally splashing around in the water sort of with you. And yeah, are you getting the fullest, most clearest thing? No, but I felt like I was more in the fight than if they were like doing these really sort of clean. Then it was like HBO like I felt, I felt, coverage. It, yeah, of course. It was just a, two guys going at each other with weapons and eventually fists right. uh, on the edge of a waterfall. And that's pretty compelling in and my brain. Like much bigger than the yeah. hero. Yeah. So 
but the the way that they shot it, even though the fight itself, I don't think the choreography was the most mind-boggling shit I've ever seen. It was solid choreography sure. shot in a very personal way that made me f- that, that made the fight, even though it was one of the more basic fights in the movie, mm-hmm. feel really like shit. I'm in here and made me feel again like I got to go back to that feeling of cynical me i know he i know the child's gonna win this shit but yeah. like in the moment exactly. i was i found myself i was literally i was holding an umbrella because i didn't want it to slip or fall and i found myself like gripping it harder and i was like what this is the most basic fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> but it 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 got me um something i do want to bring up though uh and i guess sorry i i equated to sheer but it was actually your point about how uh t'challa himself is just sort of um he's the main character in these if it's batman if it's whoever da 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 eventually if they're the stoic sort of, they're always going to try to do the right thing type character, mm-hmm. it can get a little old or Absolutely. stale. But this is something that I feel like uh, Black Panther, the film, does incredibly well is it surrounds him with crazy, interesting not, and I don't mean crazy as an insane. I mean just very interesting very other strong. characters. Yes, I mean I was going to say supporting cast was deep. It's yeah. And is it good. Sydney? Sydney. Uh, is it Sydney Noel or Marisha Juliet Abney? I, one of the the war, the 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 general general. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Was it whatever her name is? The the bald headed general Michonne from Walking Dead. Yeah. Is, it, is that is that Michonne from Walking yeah. Dead? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. That was Denigo. Um, she like she was far and away my favorite character in this. I was like I was she just, killed. Absolutely, I was on board for every, and like and the point is is also in terms of the fight choreography. Her her fight scene in the casino was, was far that more. Was dope. It was yeah, great. That, that was, was that was a fight scene I was on board for, yeah. and I was like yes. I'm I'm cool with this, and I want to see this. Letitia Wright for me. Uh, the was, was the was Shuri. the standout for me. I was like, God, side note, I'm going to nerd out real quick with SVP here. I'm so sorry, but mm. the, I want if in phase four, if Iron Man dies in, in Infinity War and all this stuff, <laughs> I basically becomes... want her to become Iron I want her to be the surrogate Riri to become fucking Iron Man because that would make total sense. It mm. would. Uh, it, anyway. That's what she said. I guess the only thing there was I was like, uh, you know, the thing that I was most disappointed about was that she has this sort of uh, Q? Was it Q or M from James Bond role? I can't remember. Q. Which is Q is the uh, M is the boss. Q is the tech. Yeah, yeah. She has that thing, and I was like the uh, the sneakers. I was like, we never saw those in action. No, it was like a whole thing. But with it was that. such a good joke. It was it was it a was. great thing. But it, it was, was like, joke. but I was like, oh, because because I guess part of me was like what, trying to figure out what is Black Panther's thing, and we kind of I, I feel like I I. I felt more about what Black Panther's thing was in terms of like his fighting style, his abilities mm-hmm. in Civil War than I did in this film. I feel like they set it up well. I feel like they yeah, didn't but really in Civil to... War, you know what I mean? Like I was like, but oh, didn't... is he is he kind of like a, a sneak? You know, he's like a he's a panther. He sneaks up, he sneaks up on high. You yeah. know, like he's got sneakers that are silent. You know, like he can do all. And I was like, oh, we didn't really see that and again, I was I was kind of glad that they didn't really make a huge deal out of what his powers were because I feel like we see that all the time with a lot of different stuff like he's just a super powered human that has some great tech that we can put into sort of he's he's I mean he's Batman with superhuman strength that's what he is right. uh, I go with that yeah, yeah. Um, I also love well, uh, no I feel like I've been just heaping praise on this film I'd like to say something in regards to the certain section we're talking about now that I felt was a little bit droning and that was and it's a such 
such a minor gripe, but it was exposition for exposition's sake happened every once in a while. And by that, sure. I mean, we have the whole Q moment where they're talking about kinetic energy in the suit and we have a demonstration of it and it's great and it's fucking cool. And you're like, whoa. And I'm like, cool. This is the snake Plissken moment that I've gotten now where it explains all the tech ah. and now I can just watch the tech and enjoy what's happening. Yeah. And then the scene in uh, South Korea happens on the bridge mm -hmm. and she's driving the car like, with the hologram and she's literally narrating his powers to him again. Yeah. And that's just a fault in the script. I, I, did, think. I did like the absorbing the thing. I, no, I wish it kind of like used in a sort of more I, interesting way, I but I liked it. But I understood the absorbing kinetic energy ability of his suit in the lab when they explained it to me the first time. Right. The second time they explained it, I was just like, she's like, literally, it was like a tutorial in a video game where she's yeah, like, great, you know you're charged up. Now go. Yeah, but you know what? I, all I'm going to say, and I hope this doesn't come across as condescending to anybody, but everybody's not us. Like, sometimes no. I think you need to read fair, fair. Sometimes you need I, to reinforce I, things because sometimes people don't catch things. Because I got to tell you, I don't know how many times I get into conversations and no, you're right, I'm you're being right. asked, but wait, how's he able to do <laughs> yeah. da, 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 da. And I'm like, hold up. You didn't hear that? No, I guess you didn't because you were eating popcorn. You were looking shit. at your phone. You're right. Exactly. So, yeah, you know. The only thing, the only counterpoint I would say to that is that, that, um, Occasionally, I, I I didn't notice it as badly in this in this movie, yeah. but but occasionally, it was only once or twice. Uh, occasionally, it can feel like you're 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 going for the cheap seats, and and I and I sometimes I, you I, have I, to, I guess. But I don't I don't like that feeling that I, I think the audience should catch up to movies, not that the not that the movie should I, catch I, up to the I'm audience. You know what I mean? I'm I, with yeah. you on that. I agree However, on a theoretical level, yeah. but in a practical level, However, it's just not going to happen. Sometimes, right. yeah. Sometimes you need to like it, it. It's also could be one of those things they get into the edit. And like you, you play out that scene, and everyone's going. I don't understand how this tick works, yeah. and so they have to, they have to do it know, again. They do it again. Um, so, other, exactly. I, I'm just trying to think of other. Like, there's literally the, the gripes I have with this film are so <laughs> minuscule. Like, there was a couple green screens that looked a little weak. Like, yeah, oops. I, I actually, to be honest with you, the 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 <laughs> like, fighting around. I didn't. Catch no, well, any the of fighting that. around the um around the water uh, where they do this thing, which which I think most modern green screens do, which is that they overexpose the sky, so the sky is actually fully exposed while seeing a fully lit face. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just, that you, you it just highlights the green screen. It's sort of got this HDR feel to it. Mm -hmm. It's what you would do in I photography. And I was like, and like part of that just makes the, the sort of unrealism of it kind and, of fall into play. And my last gripe is also a compliment, which is a weird sort of thing. I feel like the relationship between uh, Okoya and uh, Wakabe, Mm -hmm. uh, basically Michonne and the, the other tribe leader and get uh, out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was, was, um, I love that they were involved and I love the moment at the end where she chooses country over her husband. I thought that was f fucking dope as shit, well, but like, were they married? I thought they were just lovers. I think, well, I don't know if they were, I don't know their, I don't know. I, I'm not stalking their Facebooks. I don't know their status, <laughs> yeah. but they're in a relationship. Yeah. Um, I wish like, but we only know that they're in it. We never see them together at all sort of like in a, in, a, in a more intimate moment they're always just sort of like looking at each other and saying my love and yeah. I get it uh, I would have liked to see a little more if they're if we're going to go down that road and and try to have that moment which I really liked I think it could have been emphasized more if we just got a little bit more of them sort of together maybe even like together in a nice way and then starting the debate that they sort of fell apart from well yeah. now you're you're diving into you know how much black sexuality people are ready for, right? That's a yeah. That's an interesting. And I know, job. and you're obviously okay with it, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I get I, yeah. And, I, and, I, and at the end of the day, let's not forget. And you know, just addressing, you know, how you 
you know, earlier how you were mentioning how some of your directors, your favorite directors get swallowed up when, you know, yeah. they end up in these franchises. These things are franchises. Yeah. yeah. And they come with rules. Uh-huh. And going back to Ava DuVernay walking yeah. off. Yeah. A lot of that probably had to do with being swallowed up mm-hmm. in, you know, and, and, you know, and she, and she and what, probably what, did not. She, there was probably some little thing she wanted to do early on. And Marvel was like, ah, that, 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 mm-hmm. that, that doesn't help set up infinity war. What yeah, are you yeah. talking about? Well, right. You know, you know another, actually another point about this is, is the thing that you mentioned uh, <clears throat> earlier as well, was that I liked that this, this felt, this story felt self-contained in a way that actually, it wasn't like in, um, which was it? One of the, one of the recent Marvel films we were, uh, where a big destruction thing was happening. You were just like, well, why aren't Iron Man or Captain America helping out in this scenario? You know, I think, I think it might've been Captain America or something like that. I can't remember which movie. It might've been, but, it might've been Winter Soldier. We were like, why isn't Tony Stark fighting with the, the, the Triskelion? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or, or something like that. I like, but, but the, th- the fact that Iron Man, Captain America, all the other heroes aren't involved in this story mm-hmm. is both poignant because because uh black stories don't get told to other people yep. and 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 relevant because it's a story about a, an isolated um, yep, it makes country sense. that 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 doesn't it hasn't exposed itself and then in will by the end of the film so the story arc actually makes complete sense systematically and, th- and thematically yeah mm-hmm. and 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 I like and I like the idea um uh that this film operates on that level where 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 the infinity stone thing doesn't even matter. Nope. And I, I love that it doesn't even matter. And I love that mm-hmm. that you know, like, and and, and the, the point that I want to make there is the after credit, the post credit sequence. When it got to that post credit sequence, I was like, why are we doing this? Like, like, why not? I, 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 but it's just like it's, it's there for the people that want. It's literally it's, not it's, in it's the like, film. Yeah, it's not in the film. It. I didn't hate it, but yeah. it was like, but it was like, uh, eh, I liked you know. it a lot. I liked it because, and they even you know, and I really loved the 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 most. Uh, integration of the other Marvel films into this thing was when they bring um, friggin uh, one of the hobbits there <laughs> back. Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, Martin, uh, Martin, uh, Martin Freeman was, yeah. uh, was Bilbo. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, when they bring him back and his sister's like, Oh, you brought me another white boy to fix or yeah. something like that. And I was right. like, yeah, cause Bucky's there. Like I liked it because they reference it, but they Subtle. don't, he, we yeah. don't see him in a tube. Yeah. We don't like, it's just, he's not, that's not a thing. It's just a nice thing. And then when they brought it and she's the one that sort of is there when he wakes up, yeah. I liked that as a sort of closing I guess, moment. I guess I liked, I liked it in, uh, in uh, Spider-Man when they, when he got to the end credit and it was like, you guys are still here. You know, like uh, that, that was, that was kind of fun for me. Whereas this right. was kind of like, you mean Deadpool? No. When Captain America, Oh, Captain like, America, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, waiting and it's yeah, like, yeah, it makes yeah, fun of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it makes fun of it. I, yeah. I, whereas this felt like it went one step back to where we were. I just kind of liked that. it. I kind of liked it. Um, uh, and yeah. I liked it that he didn't have a new, I don't know. I just, I, I like, I'm, I'm psyched to see Sebastian Stain as a unprogrammed winter soldier. I think winter soldier is, is best character when he's not being brainwashed and stupid. Anyway, uh, that was just a nice little, uh, it was a, I, it was a sprinkle. On the it was fine. Yeah. And, and you have to, <clears throat> again, because uh, it's the last movie before infinity war. I almost felt it was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I wouldn't have died without it. Obviously no. I wouldn't have been on fucking Twitter. Like, Oh, this is bullshit. You know? <laughs> We're to tie into infinity. War. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't have been all outraged or whatever, but sure. I definitely, um, 
you know, I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Let's what, just say one that. thing I wanted to mention uh, just before we start closing out is yeah. the real MVP, I think, uh, behind the scenes of all of this is Forrest Whitaker. Because without mm. Forrest Whitaker, um, Ryan Coogler's career doesn't exist. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Coogler. Uh, well, all right. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Coogler was at USC Film School uh, when he got called into a meeting with um, uh, Forrest Whitaker's company. Mm-hmm. And he gets in there and he's pitching a bunch of stories. He's st- he, like, after this meeting, he has to go back to class. Okay. And, and Forrest Whitaker is sitting there and he's seen only a short film that Ryan Coogler's made. Ryan Coogler pitches Fruitvale Station. Mm. Forrest Whitaker says, okay, I'm in, let's make this. He handshakes him, walks out the door, and that's the beginning of Ryan Coogler's career. One meeting, Forrest Whitaker sees this guy, says, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give back to the community. I want this movie to be made. And he, Ryan Coogler didn't even have a script at that point for, for, for Fruitvale Station. Mm. So he has to go back to class and you're like at USC and he's suddenly like writing <laughs> writing a screenplay that Forrest Whitaker has you know agreed to um, um, produce. Well, and, shit. And, and, and that, so, you know, far, and I think, you know, that the, the reason I bring that story up is, is this, and it's important to what this film is and why it exists and why it's important is this, is that that moment in Ryan Coogler's life and career is echoed in the final scene of this film mm-hmm. where Black Panther comes back to the community and, you know, like installs a, a good basketball court says, I'm going to buy this building. I'm going to buy this building and we're going to do outreach and we're going to help people. And uh, there's this wonderful story. Uh, Ryan Coogler, uh, after the premiere of this, went to uh, a community college, community college filmmaking uh, school and announced a grant. And it's just, it's just this wonderful idea that, you know, like, uh, it's it's again that thing that I kind of I, I want these films to have, especially when they have a talented filmmaker at the helm. Is I don't want that talent. And and this this is a critical point for Ryan Coogler as a filmmaker. Again, mm-hmm. he's only thirty one years old. This is only his third film. You don't want to see him swallowed up by this thing and get his 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 you know like the things that make him interesting taken away. I don't away. think it will because and, he he no. brought the interesting things to this movie. Yeah, and I think you know, and that's that point is that I think you know he brought what was interesting to him and made it. But it wasn't just. It wasn't just like a visual thing. It wasn't just like a, a little side thing. It's actually what the film is is mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, to me, you know, again, if you just trace that back to Forrest Whitaker, who's in this film, it's just one of those smart decisions, those things that change people's lives. And it's just a, it's a, I love that story. And I love that. That, that, that is a great story. I have no idea that, that happened. Yeah, that's wow. so cool. Yeah. That that's where this ended up. That's yeah. amazing. You know, from that meeting to, to Black here. Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you want to do you, sure, you want to do final thought or do you just want to, and we'll, I'll do it. Then SVP can take us home. Uh, quick final thought again. I think, you know, the movie suffers from the Marvel problems that I've always kind of talked and hopped on about, but those are irrelevant compared to what the power of what this movie can do and can bring to people. Um, and for that, it's, it's worth seeing, um, on its own. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely fell in love with it. All the things that <laughs> Shahir seems to not like in these films. Obviously, you all know by now that I really like them. But even beyond that, I mean, this is definitely one of the best Marvel films, and it, it could be the best. Uh, you know, I always, I'm always wary to say it like right after I've seen it because I'm like, I don't want it to any new Marvel film to be like it's the best, and then like you know you have to you have to percolate on it. But I will say it is a hundred percent, you know, d- definitely the most meaningful. Uh, I think Marvel film that they have released. Um, and that's to a subset of people that I am not a uh, part of. Like it's just, it's, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it was so nice to see a, a, a beautiful, competent, beyond competent, just, just amazing piece of action cinema, have something to say, uh, handle all of its bits and pieces with respect and sort of just, and, and, and craftsmanship and, and, the ability I'm psyched that that now 
a feeling that I have probably taken for granted since I was a little kid, like seeing characters, seeing Iron Man or Sp- Spider-Man is really my, my, mm-hmm. my cup of tea. Um, yeah. Uh, seeing these characters and growing up with them and, and having them be sort of a bit of an inspiration. And yeah, Spider-Man's a, a white dude or Peter Parker's a white dude. I should say miles Morales, obviously notwithstanding, but the, the I'm, I'm psyched knowing that like now, other kids can have an experience that I had that they should have had a long time ago. Like it's just, it's, it's, it was very moving for me. And I, uh, and from even just that set again, I'm outside of the subset, but like I'm psyched for that to exist. And I'm psyched that Marvel decided to, uh, to go the direction that it did. And this is an example. I feel like of, Look, Marvel's a machine, right? Yes. It's 100% a machine. And then uh, Movie Bob, friend of the show, Movie Bob, did a whole video on what it actually means, like, that that there's this giant cultural movement shift thing from a film that Disney owns. Is Disney has ostensibly bought our childhood. <laughs> Are they now... In the and this is who knows this will be for time to tell. Are they now buying a specific movement, or or are they are they dipping their toe into doing that? Now I always stand from the standpoint of you have to weigh good versus ill on on these sort of things. Like you look at even um Defiant Girl, like in front of the bull and Wall Street, the little statue. Right. Uh, that's a piece of corporate art. That's owned by a fucking firm. Like, mm-hmm. but people have adopted it and made it mean something beyond what it was installed to do. Now, what is, what's, where do you derive your importance from? Is it where it originated with, which was sort of to make money and, and, and capitalize on a feeling that's already there or, or is the value, what's more valuable, the actual value that people start taking away from it and the meaning that it, it, it affects their lives and sort of goes into society with. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's an interesting argument there. I always fall on the point of, and, and bring it back to Black Panther. Black Panther, in my eyes, the film is doing far more good for society as a whole than even its its roots of this is an action movie made to build money off of off of whatever. Uh, and I think the the good that it can do far outweighs its origins. If that if this specific and film, I, I think origins. the reason there is that the ending is not about fighting; it's about diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's kind of why yeah. this. Anyway, it matters I, more to me than Wonder Woman did. I know. Yeah, I also think there's something Wonder Woman. Uh, this is the point. Sorry, I got my points confused before. Wonder Woman, I think, is not as effective um, in in this regard too, is because the conflict in which Wonder Woman happens, we are not experiencing like the the, mm-hmm. the troubles of that. We are not experiencing legitimately today. Correct. Uh, Wonder Woman is a. And it's so strange that World War One seems like so long ago, <laughs> but 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 these the, the things that we experience in the in the the cultural relevances that Black Panther brings to light are today. You walk out of the theater and you're in that world. So mm-hmm. so that I think is another reason why. And uh, but I do like what you just said, sort of at the end there too. I, I just want to point out before we give SVP the final word there is that it's interesting that and this is something I'm doing as well actively is that we we put a lot of emphasis on a film like Wonder Woman and Black Panther to to basically bear the weight of social burden, yeah. which we don't do for for Spider-Man, Captain America, uh, Iron Man, and those sorts of films. And it's kind of interesting that that these films have to bear that weight mm-hmm. because they're isolated and they're and they're unique and they're and and they're they're a form of representation that doesn't exist. Yeah. So right. I, I hope that conversation 
evolves and we don't have to do that. Like I, I do, I think the fundamental flaw with the Spider-Man homecoming film is it should have been the Miles Morales film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's just, it's just an interesting thought that I think I, I'm actively engaging in as well, mm-hmm. which is unnecessary. Anyway, it's SVP. Yeah. Take us home. Black Panther. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, Black Panther. Again, just sort of reflecting back, you know, everything that we've already covered. Uh, there's power. There's pride. Uh, look, if, if, if anything, if any takeaway of any of this is it's that representation matters. And, you know, that's what, this is what people have been pulling for, for a very long time. Uh, I'm so happy that it was executed as well as it was, uh, on a personal note, you know, it's, I just hope that the conversation does not end with the movie and doesn't end with cosplay and doesn't end with, uh, okay, so that was great on to the next thing in a couple of months. Like, uh, we, we talked about how this is going to have some far reaching repercussions Mm -hmm. and people are going to take certain social cues from this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Especially in response to, you know, like we've kind of been hinting around, you know, the, the, the current administration in the white house. Yeah. You know, it's like in a lot of ways, in a lot of subtle ways, this was a, a, a middle finger to all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm on board with that. Yeah. Obviously, if you follow my Facebook, (laughs) Um, so, you know, all I'm, all I'm going to end up saying here is, is I'll just end up repeating my, you know, you guys, you know, what you've all just said and you know, what I've already said. It's, uh, it's a movement. It's more than just a movie at this point. Um, and I just hope that we build upon it and, mm. you know, and that's, that's it. I'm just, I'm happy the movie's out uh, and it deserves every fucking dime it gets. Yeah. All right. There so we go. This if, has been the only podcast about the film Black Panther. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> this has been a podcast. Don't don't destroy our lives. We are we are we live in a Wakanda sized bubble we where do. where there no other podcasts exist. We do. Uh, no, no other film podcasts. Smaller than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we are not technologically advanced. No, we are not. We are not technologically advanced at all. SVP, thank you so much for coming and and chatting all things Black Panther with well, us. Well, thank you for having me uh when you are not gracing us with your presence where can folks find you all around the interweb oh wow well obviously uh steven van Patten, facebook i just use my government name nothing too fancy there <laughs> uh let's see uh instagram and twitter i'm at svp thinks yep um and of course uh if anybody's interested in any of the novels i've ever written you can find them at www.laughingblackvampire.com or amazon of course that is uh brookwater's curse and killer genius are your two uh series currently currently uh and what about beef uh beef wine and shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And and i do have a podcast also with uh three other lovely people uh Mark Abbott, Kirk Johnson, and Taryn Lopez. Uh, they join me, uh, and we go over similar uh, issues. Wait, to- what? <laughs> similar, <laughs> not, quite, not quite, not quite, even though we will probably hash <laughs> out some Black Panther with Black Lightning and a whole bunch of other stuff. Oh, like yeah. That. Uh, and that's at uh, the Beef Wine, best way to find that, Beef Wine and Shenanigans uh, on Blog Talk or uh, on Facebook. 
Yeah. And again, I'm sorry to circle back to Brookwater's Curse. Anyone who likes uh, fucking great, I guess I'd call it horror action, I'll, uh, I'd, I'd say of a blade ilk, um, the the uh, Brookwater's Curse series, all three books are phenomenal, and you should check those out. You can get those on Amazon and stuff still too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, Shahir, when you are not, uh, I don't know. What am I doing? What I am I doing? Know. What are you doing? This uh, when you are not, when you are not focusing on past the first forty minutes of a particular film. Where can folks find? You? I'm always <laughs> focusing. I, I only watch the first forty minutes of any film. That's and after that, if you haven't got me, I'm yeah, out. You're like fuck it. Yeah, uh, you can uh, you can catch the first forty minutes of anything I've made, <laughs> which doesn't amount to forty minutes, on my website at www.shahirdaud.com. That's s h a h i r d a u d dot com. Matt. Between us, I'll take the first 40, you take the back 40. Where can people find you? You can find my back 40 at MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. You can also email us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. What did you think of Black Panther? Uh, do you agree or disagree with any of the things uh, any of uh, the, the two illustrious gentlemen and my whatever the hell I am said on this podcast? Uh, please let us know there. Also, you can tweet us at OnlyMoviePod. Also, Give us those iTunes reviews. Let us know what you're thinking uh, about us. And again, I, I do want to say, if you're liking what you're hearing, if you've made it through this hour and a half talk <laughs> about a film uh, and, and you're still kicking, uh, tell a friend. Share tell the a friend love. About us. Share the love. And uh, yeah, I guess we will. Uh, you will hear us all uh, next week. Maybe. Maybe. No, Maybe. you know what? We'll be there. We're all we're always there. Do you think that people don't listen uh, because we're in Wakanda and we're just broadcasting within Wakanda? What? <laughs> what? How does that? How does that do anything? I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm all on board with this Wakanda thing. I I'm thought like, we were in Astoria. Yeah, I, Where is Astoria? Astoria is like its own that mini is, Wakanda. Is, you know, it we've is developed not. in Astoria. We've developed the best baklava that you could possibly need some have. Sneakers. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna need some sneakers. Uh, Sneaky sneakers. All right, we'll see. I don't know where this developed. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So long. Bye.